of seven races to go here. Let's keep our head in this thing. Roll on through, roll on through, same path. Start your engines and smoke the tires. This is Inside Alabama Racing with your host, Tommy Trader. Here's the reason for this full course yellow that we are under at the moment. Stay with the sports station, WNSP, for NASCAR news, interviews with drivers, crew members, and track officials around the state and around the nation. Fired up, stay on the racetrack if you can, stay on the racetrack if you can. Inside Alabama Racing, brought to you by Wade Distributors, Judy's Place, and Alabama Pipe and Supply. Got a guitar! Hell yeah! Have you seen any of the replay? They have called one of our teammates to the trailer. Oh my! Now, here's Tommy Prater. Look at him, look at him, look at him! Let's go racing drivers! Welcome to a special lunchtime edition of Inside Alabama Racing. I'm Tommy Prater. And we are so happy that you're joining us for the beginning of our 25th season right here on WNSP. If we're on the radio, that means the Daytona 500 is around the corner. And what better way to get the Daytona 500 in perspective than from the roof? The guy who's won three Daytona 500s as a spotter for Denny Hamlin, Chris Lambert, will join us later on in the program to preview this weekend's activities and what we can expect from the great American race on Sunday. And 25 years ago, when we started this program, the newly announced driver of the Big Daddy Barbecue Sauce Car in the Winston Cup Series, Alabama's own Mike Harmon, was our very first guest. And for the last 25 years, Mike has continued to join us as our first guest every season. It's hard to believe we've been around 25 years. It's even harder to believe that Mike is still racing and still going to the racetrack every week. 25 years later, he's celebrating 50 years of racing this season. Of course, we'll wrap it all up with the Moose Call right here on the fastest hour in radio on WNSP, part of the sound of Mobile. This is Inside Alabama Racing on 105.5 FM and streaming live on WNSP.com. Keeping it mostly between the lines, here's Tommy Prater. Welcome back to Inside Alabama Racing. I'm Tommy Prater. Thank you for joining us on this special lunchtime edition as we start our 2023 season right here on WNSP. 25 seasons. It's just hard to believe. 25 years ago, we started this show on WNSP, and I can't thank all of the folks at the station who helped put this on. Michael, that is currently our producer now, boy, Clint Smith has seen from beginning to end, uh, hopefully he'll see the end, somewhere down the road. And, of course, the boss himself, Ken Johnson, for having the patience to put up with the foolishness and the shenanigans that we've pulled on his radio station over the last 25 seasons. It's been a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to more fun, and we'll have a great show for you today. Chris Lambert will get us going from the roof. Mike Harmon was our very first guest 25 years ago, and he is still, his Nationwide or Xfinity Series cars will be at Daytona uh, this year. He's still going after it. He swears he's not through racing yet. And, of course, we'll wrap it all up with this week's edition of the Moose Call. 
And, and, you know, we talk about our sponsors every week on this program, and there's a reason for that. One of the reasons that we've been able to be here on the station for 25 years is we've had three really great sponsors that have been with us almost from Jump Street. Judy's Place, which everybody knows I love to eat uh, lunch and dinner there. Wednesdays is Cobbler Day. Alabama Pipe and Supply. David Jones and the gang just continue to support local racing and have for years and years and years. And, of course, Steve and Danielle over at Wade Distributors, Southwest Alabama's flooring leader. We just absolutely could not be able to put on this program every week for the last 25 years for those because of those great sponsors and a whole lot more over the years. But really appreciate them being with the program for a really long time. As we start our 25th season here on WNSP, NASCAR begins its 75th season this weekend at Daytona. It starts in earnest tonight for the qualifying for the Daytona 500, then the dual races to set the field for the 500 on Thursday night. Friday night is the Truck Series. We'll all be rooting for Mobile's Grand Infinger on Friday night. Saturday, the ARCA Series and Xfinity Series uh, will race on Saturday afternoon. And, of course, Sunday is the Daytona 500. For those who have never had an opportunity to go to the 500, it's like being at the Super Bowl or any other great sporting event. It's a spectacle beyond all spectacles. And it's worth taking in if you ever have an opportunity to do it. It is absolutely a phenomenal I've been there as a fan, I've been there as a participant, and just about everything in between doing TV and radio over the years, and I just, it, it hurts my heart that we're not speed weeks down there uh, for two weeks where we could go to the ARCA race and, and New Smyrna on the first weeknights and Volusia where they're racing dirt and you know, maybe maybe one day we'll get back to that. And one of the reasons that we're not is because NASCAR starts its season now out on the West Coast at Los Angeles. This year's uh, event, which was the second one, Martin Truex won it. But it was not as popular as year number one. And ticket sales were off. Ratings were off. Generally, people did not seem to be as tolerant as this year's for this year's event. So it'll be interesting to see what we do next year. One thing is that we have learned over the last few years that with Ben Kennedy kind of steering the ship on where we're going and what we're doing and how we're doing it, he doesn't have problems shifting gears and going in another direction. Now, this idea of filling in football stadiums and racing on it, I think is phenomenal. Maybe it's time we bring that thing a little bit closer to the roots of NASCAR and get back here in the southeast. How about how about Bryant Denny Stadium hosting an event, or the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans, or the Atlanta Dome, or just pick any one of the great football venues that we have here in the southeast. Can you imagine the craziness that would ensue for those events to be in those stadiums? Just an idea. We'll be interested to see what Kennedy and the rest of the gang comes up with as we move forward. The biggest news this week, Tony Stewart has announced that he will run a full season in a top alcohol fuel dragster. 
And just how cool is that? I mean, Tony Stewart has been one of the sport's biggest ambassadors and biggest critics, and you certainly get whatever he's thinking when you talk to him. And now he's going to go for another championship. Now, just to put this in perspective, he's won an open-wheel championship in Indy cars. He's won a couple of NASCAR championships. And now if he could win a championship in the Dragster, I think that would put him on a plane above all else, even his idol, A.J. Foyt. As we look at the Daytona 500, we'll get more from Chris Lambert here in a minute. But there are three heavy betting favorites as we go into the weekend. Two I get, one I'm not really sure about. The one I'm not really sure about is Ryan Blaney, a good plate racer but has not put together the win. Chase Elliott, great plate racer, has put together wins. The one that you really have to understand when you go to Daytona and run into Daytona 500 is three-time champion Denny Hamlin. And Hamlin has won uh, in 2016, 19, and 20. Chris Lambert says that this is their year in 23. It'll be fun to see what they're able to come up with, and it'll be fun to watch this weekend. When we come back, Birmingham, Alabama's Mike Harmon on his 25 years on the show and his 50 years of being in this sport, which is another incredible number when you think about it, right here on WNSP, part of the sound of Mobile. This is Inside Alabama Racing on 105.5 FM and streaming live on WNSP.com. Out of the caution and full speed ahead, here's Tommy Prater. Welcome back to Inside Alabama Racing. I'm Tommy Prater. Thank you for joining us for the beginning of our 25th season here on WNSP. It's hard to believe that it's been 25 seasons, but just in a few minutes, we're going to have the man that started us off 25 years ago. Alabama's Mike Harmon will join us. We'll talk to him about what he's been up to and what we can expect from him in 2023. Every week, our program is brought to you by Alabama Pipes and Supply. David Jones and the gang doing a fabulous job of supporting local racing. Our buddies over at Wade Distributors, Southwest Alabama's flooring leaders. And, of course, Judy's Place, where Wednesday is always calmer day. You know, there's been a lot made of us starting our 25th season here on WNSP. And 25 years ago, we had a guy that got us started. You know, you had to have your first guest. And who would have ever thought that our first guest 25 years ago would still be in the sport 25 years later, still getting it done? And with that, let's bring in our old buddy and longtime pal of this program, Birminghamport, Alabama's Mike Harmon. Mike, how you doing, man? Hey. Doing great, Tom, man. How you doing? Well, it's, it's you know, I, I have a few pinch me moments uh, as we start our 25th season. The first one is I can't believe it's 25 years and we're still doing this, number one. Uh, and number two, we've had the great opportunity for each of these 25 years to start our season with the guy who started it all off for us 25 years ago. And I know this is hard to believe, but – the driver of the Big Daddy Barbecue Sauce Cup car joined us 25 years ago. That's just wild, isn't it? It's crazy, man. I mean, I, they say time flies when you're having fun. Dang, it don't seem like it's been 25 years. But uh, so, 
I, I'm just lucky that we're still alive, man. Much less still racing, catching well, yeah, playable cars, you know. There, there was a point there at Bristol that you being with us was in question, right? But yeah, I, I looked this sure. up. I looked this up, and I don't know if you realize this or not, but since you did our show 25 years ago, our very first episode, 283 Xfinity races, 66 truck races, and 122 ARCA races under your belt over the last 25 seasons. Not counting the late model races. Oh, we're not, we're not even getting into that, right? We, yeah. we just don't yeah. you know, yeah. we just, we're just getting what's happened in NASCAR for the last 25 right. years. Right. Right. I mean, goodness gracious, almost 500 races, man. God, it's incredible. It, it is incredible. And, and you know, I, I, I've had a lot of help along the way, but I was about hands on on about every one of those cars, too. You know, and just hours and hours in the shop and, what I chose to do years ago, and you know, and I was was dedicated, and and then never looked back. You know, Mike, I, I, I'm going to veer off course a little bit right here, as because I want to bring this up because you bring up a very good point. I've been very fortunate to know all of the big racers from Alabama over the last 25 years, right? And everybody that's had a chance to do something at the next level. And the ones who have been able to do it at the next level for any length of time and continue to do it or did it over a long piece of time, each one of those guys could take their race car apart and put it back together blindfolded and knew about every working piece on that car, which obviously you have, Rick Crawford has, Kale Gale has, uh, uh, Grant Enfinger, Thomas Prater. Each one of the guys that I've known that have done this for a pretty good while are incredibly hands-on, and I see so many young racers today don't even know how to put on tire. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't understand it. I, you know, even if I had all of the backing money that's necessary, I'd have to know about the piece that I was driving. You know, my life depended on it, and and you need to understand what what's going on with the car when it, when it has a problem. And uh, yeah, I, I just it, it, it dumbfounds me the way some of these guys. They can drive, but when some of them, they don't have a clue what the shovel picker is working on, you know. And um, and that's big because you got you can't spend no time on pit road. Any time you save is track position, you know. It's just, uh, it's amazing, but you know, I guess nothing stays the same. But I'm I'm proud. I know how to work on these things and uh, learn a lot. I've learned a lot that's kept me alive actually. So I try to learn from every mishap, you know, and uh, and, and I feel like I've done that. And uh, being fortunate enough to carry on. So I bring this up, uh, Mike, because I have a lot of young racers and their parents come to me all the time. Right? What can we do? Right? We're, we're trying to do this, and we're trying to go to the next level. And I and I look at each and every one of them and say, "Well, do you have twenty million dollars?" And they say, "No." I said, "Okay." So you can you're not going to buy your way into the sport like Logano did. And I'm going to pick on him because I know Joey and his dad and have for 25, 30 years, right? And, and they had all the money in the world, always did have. So you're yeah. not going to buy your way in, so you better learn how to work on this thing. And I bring up your name, Rick Crawford, Grant Enfinger, Kale Gale, Thomas Prater, and I know I'm leaving some out. But everybody who's been able to do this from Alabama knew how to work on these cars. I said, so you need to teach you. You need to teach your driver how to, how to work on this car so it'll keep them in the sport. And not only did it keep you in the sport as a driver, it's kept you in the sport as a car owner. It, it has. It has. I mean, I guess I guess I got more time than I got money, you know. <laughs> it, takes a lot, it takes a lot of time. But uh, I got to know about the car. I mean, I, I fell in love with cars. 
and the competition and the racing and the danger years ago. And and cars still fascinate me. I mean, um, it's just you know, just how fast you can make them go. And uh, and and I've been fortunate enough. I always wanted to make my living racing. I used to look up to Red Farmer. I knew him and knew he made a living racing. That's what I wanted to do. And that's what I've done all my life. I, I think I had a job for 10 years, and they laid me off. I didn't have nerves or whatever it took to quit and do it. They made that decision for me. And when they called me back, I said, no, thank you. I'm right. What I'm no. doing, you know. So they pushed me over the edge, and I made it work ever since. Or, and, you know, and had help along the way. Not so much help along the way sometimes. But due to being able to work on the car and understanding friends in the sport that I race against or helped me and, and I've helped them, that's what kept me going, you know, and, and not and refusing to give up or, or, or quit, you know. Well, one of the other things that I've noticed, uh, Mike, from the racers that know how to work on cars is they immediately gain the respect of everybody else in the garage area does that make a difference when they finish first or last or somewhere in between? The other crew members in the garage and car owners immediately respect that guy because he knows how to work on a car and is seen underneath his car when he needs to be to get something done. Yeah, and I, and I agree. And, and you know, um, none of us are too good to work on a race car. I mean, working on a race car is a privilege, really. I told my guys today, I said, look, working on this race car is the same thing working on an airplane. You know, if you can't, if you don't have time to stop and pull outside the road and work on it, you're behind, you're done, your day's over. You gotta have it prepared perfect before you go. And, and the same way with airplanes. And there's a lot of technology in both, it's the same. So, you know, we don't fail. And, um, and that's, that's big, and you don't, you learn that by doing it. There's no doubt about it. And so, you know, and I'm glad you're on the show so we can talk about it because, like I said, there's always young racers and young parents that are listening to the show, and they come and they ask me all the time, what do we need to do, what do we need to do? And I can just adamantly tell you that if you don't have $20 million, if you want your driver to stay in the sport, teach them everything there is about that race car, and they need to know how to work on it because it will keep them in the sport. It, it definitely will. And, and, you know, I've always said, you know, I, I, I love to drive them. I'm still going to drive some more, not as much as nowhere near what I used to. But anybody that ever drove for me, I, I always said, they would have to want it as bad as I want it. Wanted it and want it. You know, I, and, and, you, and if they're here working, you know, late at night, uh, whatever it takes, you know, missing, missing functions or whatever they do, you know, to drive a race car, that, that says a lot. It says a lot about their dedication. And um, and that goes a long ways as well, you know. Well, man, and I've known some guys that have driven for you, uh, most notably my buddy Brendan Poole. I don't know of anybody that's worked harder to try to stay in this sport uh, as a driver uh, that has absolutely zero connections and zero money, right? And, and he's done a really good job of staying in the sport, and there have been others. Uh, Kyle Weatherman uh, comes to mind that drove for you either last year or year before last but all those guys now, that I mean, they have this just tenacity about them that they don't really know how to give up, which is, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, well they, and them guys, they do work hard. But, you know, my favorite guy, and he, he's welcome back here anytime, Bailey Curry, he works hard. He's a good, clean driver, you know. 
He's, he's uh, got a ride in the truck some this year, along with his, with his four car. I, you know, he's got what it takes to make it. And um, he got his priorities right. Comes from a good family. You know, um, but I really enjoyed having him here. So, um, and then, you know, he, he appreciates what you do for him, and uh, and he does what he has to do. He work on the car as long as, as long as it needs something done. And that got you know, and he's smart on cars. That that goes a long way. So. So he would be my pick of the, of the ones I've had here. We're talking with Mike Harmon, who was our very first guest 25 years ago on Inside Alabama Racing. Thank you for joining us at this special lunchtime edition as we kick off our 25th year. Mike, this year, uh, starting for you at Daytona, is a young driver, Ryan Vargas. If you've been paying attention to some of these uh, cars, he's been getting around here pretty good. Tell us what you expect from him this year. Well, I, I expect Ryan to do well, uh, very well. We, uh, I think we stand behind him a little better than the team that was, uh, he was with last year. Um, they sort of got down on him a little bit, I think, and got in his head. And, um, I, I kind of helped him through some issues last year that I, I could see he was facing, uh, that I had faced before. And, and I didn't, you know, it's not a good feeling. And you're doing your best and you don't, Feel like you, what you're doing is right, and the people's in your head. But but we we didn't all that straightened out. I mean, last year Ryan qualified third at Daytona, started eighth because they didn't go back out in the, the second round. And uh, uh, two thirds of the way through the season, he was right there in the points with with the four car, the teammate. Well, buddy, we're out of time already. I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, good luck this weekend at Daytona and all year long. We'll keep up with you. And uh, we'll look forward to having Ryan Vargas and some of the other guys on, on the show with us throughout the year. And I really cannot thank you enough. <laughs> it's so hard to believe. 25 years ago, you were our first guest here on Inside Alabama Race. Well, you know what, Tommy, we're going to have to do it in the next 25 years, so we'll make it 50. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think you may be good for another 25. Thomas may have to step in here somewhere along the uh, line. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be all right. You'd be all right. Mike Harmon, thank you for joining us. We'll be right back with more on Inside Alabama Racing right here on WNSP. This is Inside Alabama Racing on 105.5 FM and streaming live on WNSP.com. Keeping it mostly between the lines, here's Tommy Prater. Welcome back to Inside Alabama Racing. I'm Tommy Prater. Thank you for joining us this evening. It has a, been a wonderful kickoff to our 25th season here on WNSP, which is still beyond my comprehension. We appreciate you joining us for a special lunchtime edition. In just a few minutes, Chris Lambert, who spots for Denny Hamlin over on the Cup Series side, will talk about Daytona this weekend. Every week, our program is brought to you by Alabama Pipe and Supply, Wade Distributors, Southwest Alabama's flooring leader, and, of course, our buddies over at Judy's, where every Wednesday is Cobbler Day. Well, folks, this weekend kicks off racing 100% at Daytona International Speedway. It is time for the Daytona 500, and a guy who certainly knows how to win there with three wins with his buddy Denny Hamlin. Is Denny Hamlin's father, our buddy Chris Lambert. Chris, how you doing, man? 
I'm good, Tommy. How are you? So let's get the important stuff out of the way first. Have you had enough all season? Are you ready to go back racing? I am 1,000% ready to go back racing. <laughs> it's been a little different, a little different, quote unquote, all season for me with with not doing the snowball derby like I typically do every year, the first of December. And um, I haven't, I didn't do the Rolex 24 hour race this year for the first time since 2010. So you take those two weekends off, and and although they were good to be enjoyed at home with the family, I am. Uh, I got my little fix last weekend at the Clash, but I am ready to go and get started at Daytona because I feel like 2023 is going to be a really good year for, for not only the whole JGR group, but especially our 11 team. You know, you mentioned the 24 hours of Daytona, and a lot of spotters have traditionally gone down and done that race. And I noticed this year a lot of guys opted out of the 24 hours you think it's because of y'all's schedule that you have now with the cup guys that they're just backing out, y'all are backing out of some of these commitments? Well, that's 100% why myself and, and Mike Kerman Jr., who has helped me with the, the Action Express car for the last several years, but he spots for the 17 car for Chris Boucher over at Ralph Fenway, but, or Ralph Fenway Kozlowski, I guess it is now, but, um, we both just agreed that, and we probably, we probably had it as easy as anybody. We would fly in on Friday, never had to step foot on the race on the racetrack property grounds, um, show up to the start of the race on Saturday afternoon, do our 12-hour shift, however we decided to break it up, go get on the airplane and fly home on Sunday after the race. So we had it as easy as you could possibly get it. But with, uh, with the schedule the way it was last year and what it's going to be this year as well with only one off weekend from – February until November, it's just it's just become a lot, and um, it's uh, it's definitely the reason that that I stepped away from it. So I, I would assume it's probably the reason that a lot of people have. Let's talk about this weekend a little bit. Uh, you guys have won three Daytona 500s together. I noticed when you look at the year deal, 16, 19, 20, that means 23 would be your year right is that the way that works when you do this numerically if you do it the the years in between that would definitely uh definitely put us in the uh in the way that it works but uh you know we've had <laughs> we've had really good cars down there and probably we probably should have three-peated if we if we uh didn't come off pit road on the last pit stop in 21 with as big a lead as we had and the pack bear down us, you know, all formed up that I think we finally fell back in line in tenth or eleventh and was able to work our way back up to fifth, but um that would have been a really a really good way to, to put your name in the, the record book for going back to back to back. But um twenty twenty three Daytona five hundred champion sounds really good to as well. Any Daytona five hundred champion Sounds good, especially for a guy like me who's never won one. Been close a lot of times, but, you know, for a guy who's never won one, you know, any I'll take any of them. Any of them you want to give away, man, I'm taking. Uh, I'm, I'm 100% on board as well. So we go to Daytona, and we get controversy right out of the chute. No practice for the biggest race of the year. Unload the thing and go qualify. Wow. Yeah, I'm not – 
I've asked questions. I mean, I've talked to Danny about this a little bit. We sat in Chris Gayhart's office a few weeks ago, and and he was as he was as shocked and and um, dumbfounded as as I was about obviously, you know, even in the years where we had the COVID race and everything else, we were still on the racetrack for a full basically two hours with a practice leading into it and just getting all the bugs worked out of the cars and making sure your travels were right and you didn't have any leaks or anything. But I guess I, I'm assuming that they're saying that, you know, with the film programs that most of us have now, we don't, we don't need that practice time. But, you know, you've got a lot of cars coming down for the first time trying to make the race off of, uh, you're not having any points of being guaranteed in for the open cars. And then you got Travis Pastrana, who's driving for Danny at 2311, who hasn't been in one of these sequential shift cars ever. So you know as well as I do, whether it's ARCA or trucks or whatever series you're in, your your launch off pit road can dictate the lap you're going to put down. And, and just getting through the gears and hitting your shift points is huge. And you throw somebody out there that hasn't done it in – four or five years in a stock car or ever in a sequential shift, it's 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 going to be hard on him. You know, I, the other thing, as a uh, car owner, crew chief, all the hats that you wear in an underfunded team like Thomas and I have run for years, we don't have a simulator. We don't have a pull-down rig. We don't have uh, uh, a dyno. Right, so right. boy, just just give me ten minutes on a racetrack. Let me make two laps, three laps. Make sure that we've got all our stuff together, and you know we're ready to go race. And uh, you know, for a guy like me, that just no practice. Just really, I was like, wow, that's a big leap of faith right there. It is, and you know, we're having to basically qualify and race trim um, because we can't touch the cars until after the duel is on Thursday night. So we check on Wednesday, qualify on Wednesday night. The cars are impounded. And other than running everything to get everything hot for Thursday's race, that's really all we're allowed to do. You have to race the, the package that you qualify. So, you know, some of these guys that are trying to trying to qualify their way in, obviously there's things you can do to the race car for two laps to make it fast that you don't want to do for a 60-lap duel race. But, uh if you go that route and you don't qualify your way in on, on Wednesday night by being one of the, the fast non-guaranteed non guys in, then you're going to have your hands full on Thursday night whenever you actually start racing. But it's I, – I, there, there again, I'm not sure the reasoning for it. Um, I would love for myself just to get some laps on the racetrack because, you know, from even from the spotting side, the, the super speedway stuff that we do is so different from our normal – mile and a half and short track spotting that, that it's good to get some laps under your belt and get into a, a rhythm so you, you feel like you're ready to go whenever the duel starts as well. Well, I, and it certainly is not a time crunch, right? In the old days, when it was speed weeks, plural, you could say we didn't have enough time or, you know, we needed to shorten practice an hour. We got a whole time in the world now. This, this, this decision just kind of blows me away. As to no practice, yeah. we're just going to let them rip. One, yeah, 100%. We go in, I think the garage opens at 1 p.m. on Wednesday, and uh, we have tech. And between 1 p.m. and 8.15 p.m. that night, when we qualify, all we have is tech. So there's 
definitely time to, to get cars on the racetrack and even if it was just a small 20-minute practice like we normally have every week to, to shake things down and at least get up to speed and make sure your travels are right and stuff like that. It's, you know, I mean, you know as well as I do, at Daytona and Talladega, the, out there by yourself going down those long straightaways, you know, the car heck can tend to wander around the racetrack and, you know, it'll pull one way or the other and give you a chance to fix that before you actually go out there and, and put yourself in a, in a 25 car pack for the duel to, to, um, to see what you have. Like I said, you just opened up this huge can of worms, right? It, it, just that one thing when you said pull him to the left or right, my head just threw out 30 other things, right, that we want to check for by making just a few laps, right? Let's, let's, even, even when we were down there for two days of practice, we would go out and make five laps and then come in and check everything. Then we would go out and draft and practice drafting, right? But just, I, well, you know, I think we're, I think we're all on the same page. So that's going to be interesting item number one for this weekend at the Daytona 500. We're talking with Chris Lambert, who is Denny Hamlin, the spotter. Uh, Chris, one other thing, there's been some more changes to the new car in the off season. Are some of these changes going to be stuff? Obviously, you're not going to have a chance to practice it, but is there going to be some things that affect how this car runs at Daytona? Um, I don't believe so. I don't, I don't think that, you know, obviously the Toyotas have a different nose from how we had from last year and our, our cooling ducts on the hood are a little different shape and different area location, which affects some of the way that the, the air aero moves around our cars as far as how it goes around the windshield and the A pillar and stuff like that. But, um, we had a, we had a meeting last week at JGR, and then they actually went over to 2311 as well as a collective group with Toyota and, and our head aero guy at Joe Gibbs Racing, um, Patrick Knupp, just went over some some similarities and some differences, some small differences that they saw in the, the wind tunnel between last year's car and this year's car. But car placement and um, basic your basic idea of what you're looking for in the draft is is pretty much the same as, as how it was last year. Well, Chris, I'm, I'm out of time. I, I could probably, you and I could probably talk for at least an hour or two about what's coming up this weekend. Good luck to you guys uh, this weekend. I know you're also going to be spotting the truck race and, and the Xfinity race, so you've got a full weekend uh, at Daytona International Speedway. Good luck. And uh, hopefully we'll – now, look, if you win the 500 again, you're going to have to come back and tell us about it, okay? So just go ahead and book us uh, for, for next week's show. I really appreciate you spending some time with us, man. Good luck. Yes, sir, Tommy. Always fun to catch up with you and um, all your guys down in Alabama and the surrounding areas that, that you have listening. It's, uh, it's always fun to just catch up with what I call a real racer. So um, anytime you need me, you know where I'm at, and I'll be glad to come on. Chris Lambert on the roof this weekend, all weekend long at Daytona International Speedway. We'll be right back with more right here on WNSP. 
High school basketball sub-regional playoff games rolling this week. Hello, this is Pigskin Pete with the Sports Station. Join me along with Brian Gennard Thursday night, 6 p.m. for the Prep Spotlight. We'll check out which boys, girls, teams striving to make it to the Final Four. Plus, we're going to jump ahead, look at spring football as head coach of St. Luke's, Ron Lee, joins us on the show. Prep Spotlight, Thursday night, 6 p.m. right here on WNSP. Brought to you by Edward Jones Investments and BASF. This is Inside Alabama Racing on 105.5 FM and streaming live on WNSP.com. Reach up and pull them tight one more time because it's time to get back on the track. Here's Tommy Prater. Welcome back to Inside Alabama Racing. I'm Tommy Prater. Thank you for joining us this afternoon on a special lunchtime edition of Inside Alabama Racing as we start our 25th season here on WNSP. In just a few minutes, we'll have the moose step in. Got to give us a preview of what we can expect this weekend. Every week, our program is brought to you by Alabama Pipe and Supply, Wade Distributors, and, of course, our buddies over at Judy's Place, where Wednesday is always Cobbler Day. We're rapidly closing in on the beginning of the 2023 season. It starts tonight with qualifying for the Daytona 500, and then the duels on Thursday, trucks on Friday, ARCA and Xfinity on Saturday, and then the Daytona 500 on Sunday. A guy who has had a bird's-eye view of what the goings-on at Daytona for about the last 20-something years is – my buddy and my son, you know, a lot of people don't even realize he's my son, uh, and the driver of the DK Lock Ford in the ARCA Series, the Moose, Thomas Prater. How you doing, man? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I almost got a tear to my eye because, uh, you know, this is the first time you've ever claimed me in my whole life, On you know, especially on radio. You know, you've never claimed me before. So, you know, uh, I always well, thought I was just a, a, a stepchild. Well, I was shamed into it by your mother, who said, "You know, most people don't even know he's your son." Uh, well, you know, I don't, I don't know how they miss that, right? But you know, what's the odds of having Tommy Prater and Thomas Prater right on the same show? But that's, you know, hey, hey, I hear you, I hear you. But now, twenty-five, twenty-five seasons—that's a pretty long stretch there. Other, other than myself. What would you say would be the maybe the coolest guest that you've had on your show in 25 years? Uh, so my favorite guest that I've had is uh, Tony Stewart. Yeah. And we've been fortunate. And, by the way, there was big news today, uh, yes, uh, earlier today on Tony Stewart. He's announced he's going to race a full season in the drag racing cars with his wife. Oh, wow. How about that? How about him winning a championship over there? Yeah, well, you know, if he's going to be competing against his wife, it'd be funny to see if they if the marriage lasts. You know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But really, uh, really and truly, Thomas, I got a bunch of guys I enjoy talking to, but none more so than Tony Stewart. We've had him on the show, I guess, three or four times over the twenty five years, and I would have it on any time I could because you get the real deal from Tony Stewart, right? There's no talking around something. He's going to get right to the heart of the matter, and I've always enjoyed that. Yeah, he really is a cool guy. He's always – every time I've met him, he's he's always been real cool. So that's, that's probably a pretty good pick. 
And, you know, you got guys like Mike Harmon that we started the show with 25 years ago that was on the show with us tonight. You know, he did the show with us when the show was absolutely nothing with me 25 years ago, and he was the hottest name in NASCAR, just hadn't been named the driver of the Big Daddy Barbecue, Saul Swiss and Cup Car, right? And and he took the time out to do the show back then and has every year since, and every time, you know, that we needed something from him, he's been there for us. I mean, I could just go on for days. Grant Lynch at Talladega Super Speedway, well, he and I have had too much fun over the last 20-some-odd uh, years before he retired. Um, and then locally, good gracious, you can stack them up, right, locally, of uh, the guys who – are fun to have on the show. And, of course, I always enjoy having my kids from Sunny South Raceway because you just never know what they're going to say or do, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's real true. And there was, there was one thing that I wanted to ask you, you know, you said that Mike Harmon was on your first show when your show was nothing. Does that mean you got four to five listeners now so you're successful? <laughs> right. Well, you know, I have. So the show was fluctuated, you know, when my mom and dad passed away, we kind of dipped, our ratings dipped almost 50%, so we've been able to build back up a couple. <laughs> we've been able to build back up a couple uh, since then, right, uh, to get back to where we are. But uh, it's been, it's wild. I, I think about all the fun stuff that we've been able to do uh, racing and on the show and uh, TV, you just think that we, we've been a lot of places, and I think about you. I mean, when I tell people that you were in the garage with me in the late 90s and early 2000s, they're like, well, what are you, eight or nine years old? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> I saw uh, Jeremy Curtis with, uh, well, he's not with him anymore, but G4 Grayson put up a video the other day that he was taking, it seems like, with the first camcorder they came out with. Of <laughs> and, uh, you know, me and you walked up, and, of course, I had the, uh, back then, the, the St. Paul's long hair flip, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, of course, that had to be in middle school, um, you know, just walking down Pitt Road at, I don't even know what track it was at, but, of course, it's it's always been fun over the years. Yeah, you know, I think that was from 04, Thomas. Jeremy told me that was from, well, I saw that clip. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't changed a whole bunch, but you have a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Now it's, uh, now I couldn't grow that hair back even if I wanted to. Yeah, my, <laughs> and I can resemble and relate to that remark. Hey, but before we get, we're going to run out of time here. ARCA has 41 cars registered for the ARCA race on Saturday. And, boy, that's just so good to see the cars returning to that series that you and I have spent so much time in. Um, it's going to be fun to watch the race on Saturday. Yeah, it really is. Um, qualifying is going to be intense if there's 41 cars. That means there's going to be some, some trailers leaving. Um out so uh, I guess that means that I, I, they've changed it a couple of times I can't remember if it's 38 or 40 now but that I mean at 41 there's definitely going to be some cars going home and with uh, you know Daytona there's going to be a lot of cars there that don't that are not uh, that didn't run under the points last year so they don't have the provisional um, so it's going to be intense and the race is going to be even better 
All right, man, we got to go. That's the moose. That means that's our show. Thank you for joining us as we kick off our 25th season here on WNSP. Everybody, have an awesome week.